Hey there, Habs fans, Habs maniacs, Habs lunatics out there in Habs land. Welcome to the fourth episode of What the Fuck is Wrong with the Habs? A podcast series that will hopefully try to examine, illuminate, and potentially identify some of the key reasons why the Montreal Canadiens, the most storied franchise in the history of hockey, have been a dumpster fire of an organization for the past 26 years. So sit back, grab your favorite beverage, or whichever way you choose to relax, and I'll be back in a few seconds with What the Fuck is Wrong with the Habs? Last couple of years, Jeffrey Molson has this weird habit of cherry picking certain media members' tweets, Habs members' tweets, and responding to them in a kind of protective kind of way, like he's protecting his flock, his, uh, his group of merry men. And one of these occasions happened on Thursday night after the Montreal Canadiens won in overtime and kind of extended their playoff hopes for another couple of days. Francois Gagnon, pretty good writer, works for RDS. I think he's still on, on Antichambre. I don't watch it very often, but I think he's still there. He made a comment on Twitter, which for the most part is pretty benign. Um, you could say that there's a little bit of a jab there, but there's nobody targeted in his tweet. It's just uh, an observation that he's making. And my French is not very good, but I'll, I'll try to pronounce it in French. And then I'll give the English translation of it. And the, the tweet goes something like this. Avec le nombre de plus en plus grand de billets disponibles pour le match de CH, j'ai bien hâte de voir combien de fans des Leafs prendront le centre belle d'assaut samedi. And that roughly translates to with the increasing number of tickets available for the matches for the Montreal Canadiens, I can't wait to see how many fans of the Leafs will storm the Bell Center on Saturday. It's an aggressive translation, but it's kind of the point. You know? Now, for some reason, and I'm not sure why, but um, I think uh, Jeff Molson has a part of his uh, marketing department that keeps an eye on Twitter. Natural thing to do for any sporting organization in 2020. And obviously, when they keep an eye on Habs Twitter, there's a whole bunch of media guys that you have to keep an eye out to see what they say. And uh, if they're, you know, not being too negative. 
So somebody probably sent this uh, this tweet to Jeff Molson because there's no way he's on Twitter or actually searching stuff, you know. And um, Jeffrey decides to respond, and Mr. Molson's response goes something like this: It's bilingual response, natural, makes sense. You don't have to uh, double the tweet, say the same thing on one tweet. And his response was, "Moi." J'ai plutôt bien hâte à voir une équipe qui continue à foncer, qui veut gagner. And then he follows it up with the English translation of that tweet, which is, I am very proud of the no-quit Montreal Canadiens. And typical of Jeffrey Molson on Twitter, the guy's too freaking lazy to type in the hashtag GoHabsGo. So he types in ha- hashtag GHG. Which literally, if you follow that hashtag, if you click on Jeffrey Molson's hashtag of uh, GHG, you know what you're gonna find? Yeah, you're gonna find Jeffrey Molson hashtag uh, Twitter uh, tweets because nobody else uses that because it's freaking ridiculous. Twitter has even set up their uh, a kind of system where if you type in a certain hashtag, you also automatically it gets the the Habs logo kind of placed next to the ha- to the hashtag, so it kind of looks cool when you place it, and more people follow it that way. More people tweet. Uh, hashtag go go Habs go or hashtag Habs than anything else when it comes to Montreal Canadiens. The hashtag Montreal Canadiens is just too long to tweet, so most people don't do it. And nobody freaking tweets GHG. It's so freaking lazy. It's so corporate, and it tells you where he comes from and how much he actually values this whole fan experience nonsense that he keeps talking about. So. As soon as Jeffrey Molson responded like that to uh, to Francois's uh, tweet, automatically Twitter kind of exploded. Well, it exploded in a minor way within the context of Montreal and uh, Montreal Twitter and Habs Twitter. You know, it's not a huge base, but there's a good, I'd say, ten to fifteen thousand people, maybe a little bit more, that who are, who are pretty active, you know, all the time on Twitter, especially after hockey games. So the reactions were pretty, pretty interesting. I'm gonna open up the the actual tweet from uh, from Jeff Molson, and uh, I'm gonna read some of the fans' tweets to what he tweeted back to Francois Gagnon. One of the tweets goes: um, "It is expected of the coach and every player on any team to go out and try to win the game. After all, this is not what they are paid to do. It is their job, no." Teams generally do not quit. However, organizational direction, strategy, and vision is driven and controlled from the top. Another one. Hey, Jeff Molson, do you know what April Fourth signifies? I'll give you a hint. Nobody cares after you no know, quit after eight years of failure. Another one. After eight years, the fans certainly deserve to see something positive. Another one in French. Aye aye, a club qui va rater la série quatre ans sur cinq, et le gars est fier de club. What the fuck? Another one. The way Molson's been getting into sparring matches on Twitter with members of the media leads me to believe that there's no chance Bergevin is getting fired anytime soon. And that is absolutely correct. 
and the reason Jeffrey Molson does this little, uh, you know, I'm the big uncle protector kind of dude is because he's letting everybody know that this is the group. These are the guys. Now, there's a, there might be a little bit of a shakeup with Trevor Timmons. And you know when the, the shakeup might come because uh, the rumblings usually begin in the media center. You know, the, the ground, the foundation start to shake with uh, some little, uh, I don't want to get too, uh, you know. Yeah. But, uh, and there is no doubt about it that Trevor Timmons should have a huge telescope pointed at him. You know, people should be looking through that telescope and say, what the hell, dude? You've been here for like 14 years? Or some ridiculous number like that. Besides Carey Price, name another superstar. In 14 years. You, you, you had like, out of those 14 years, seven of your first round picks. Never even made it to the NHL. And if they did make it to the NHL, they were, they were flops or busts. Or guys that you had to swap or trade. So when the French media, and it started with the French media, starts to point the fingers on, at Trevor Timmons, there, there's nothing wrong with that. It's absolutely merited. But they're kind of they're kind of omitting something, aren't they? They're kind of, they're kind of, they're kind of leaving uh, a few elements out of the soup. Uh, soup's not gonna be the same. You, you're gonna stir. It's gonna go. Oh, it doesn't taste right. There's something. There's something off. The, the thing that's off is, the, the, you know, the as they say in the in the cooking industry, uh, the stock is off. Yeah. The broth. So we, we could pick, you know, well, the seasoning and the broth. Yeah, the seasoning and the broth. Yeah, that, yeah. No doubt about it. It's been a little spicy, maybe a little too salty, but uh, we're playing those games. So I don't know what the hell is going to happen with Montreal Canines. It doesn't seem good. My cat's freaking out again. Baby, what's wrong? Baby, what's wrong with you? Why are you making so much noise? What's going on? All right. So, um... Yeah, Jeff Molson with his little cherry picking of uh, media members' tweets to reply to. The funny thing is, the Canadians have, have gone through two eight-game winless streaks. That means 16 games, literally a month and a half, almost two months. They didn't win a game if you put them together. He was nowhere to be seen. He wasn't looking for any uh, media members' tweets to kind of, you know, ridicule or throw out there for his fan base to kind of troll which is kind of disgusting in my opinion you know you could do it in, in a nicer way you could do it in a more polite way but he, ch he tends to do it more like a like a puppy dog it's kind of you know nibbling at your toes you know and barking but in the back of your mind you're saying you better stop working because i could just literally kick you across the sidewalk you know so yeah and Jeffrey Molson, he he's he thinks he's kind of accomplishing something. He's showing the fan base that oh, look, our owner is protecting the, the the group. He's protecting the boys. He's got their back. He's got their back on Twitter. He's got their back against who? I guess the guy who never says anything bad about the management. That's who he's cherry picking. And as soon as I saw that tweet, the first thought in my head was, 
Oh, Francois Gagnon, why the hell are you going after that guy? He's part of the cause, dude. He's protecting the, the crew. He's helping you out. And I was thinking, wow, Jeffrey Molson, without even knowing it, unwillingly, might be creating a situation in the environment where he has to make changes. <laughs> because if he pisses off the wrong French media guys, they're going to start attacking everybody. They gotta start being really, really honest about things. They gotta start pointing out the stats, you know, and the, 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 the you know, the, the, the relevant stats, not, not the ones that are comparison stats to other organizations or other GMs or other coaches or other. It's like, well, what are you comparing? You know, what are you comparing? All we're saying is, are these the guys to get you forward? And if year after year you're still stumbling in the same freaking hole, then it's obviously not the guys, you know. So, so my response to Jeffrey Molson's tweet. <laughs> And it garnered a little bit of uh, attention. Not too much, because I'm a nobody. But a little bit. It was something like this. Well, what do you know? We found the slogan for next year's t-shirts. The no-quit Habs. Try to make the playoffs this decade, dude. And stop picking on everything that the member of a media says. P.S. Your PR underwear is showing. Hashtag go Habs go. And it got about 40, 40 likes, a few retweets. And I don't think Jeffrey Molson actually checks his notifications. And if he does, he's, he's probably set the, the setting to only people that he follows to see those tweets, you know, or responses or stuff. But the games that are being played in Montreal, instead of just focusing on building a better hockey team, we've got so many little games happening. It kind of distracts from the enjoyment of the game. It, it, it kind of starts to create little little groups, little cliques. You know, the the pro Bergy clique, the the uh, the Bergy haters clique, the the anti clode clique, the pro clode clique, the Jeffrey Molson fanboys, the the Jeffrey Molson is an inheritance boy ding-dong fanboys. I mean, it creates all these little divisions that if we're honest about it, if, we're, if, we, if we sit back and we think about it with, with an eye towards the past, this hasn't been around for that long. This, this, this inner battle, this, these, these little wars within a fan base. I don't remember it. I mean, there was always that kind of that little friction between the English and French thing. It was always around. You know, it's, it's probably always going to be around. But there was never this management, anti-management thing happening, you know. And obviously, one of, the, one of the key elements that kind of started the ball rolling was the P.K. Subban trade because he was so popular in the city and the trade didn't really pay off, you know. I mean, people are looking at the trade four years later now, and P.K. Subban is kind of struggling in New Jersey after being traded there. They say, it was a freaking awesome trade. What are you talking about? You made a trade four years ago with the sole purpose of getting you over the hump. You didn't get over the hump. You found quicksand. You landed in quicksand for four years. And here we are four years later, and Shea Weber, I don't want to say anything negative about the guy. He's, he gives everything he has. 
but everything he has is kind of limited. And once again this week, the Canadians have announced that he's been placed on the injured reserve. They don't know how long. It could be a week. It could be two weeks. It could be the rest of the year. It's a lower body injury. Is it the knee? The same knee that he had the issues with a couple years ago. Is it an ankle? Did he take a shot? You know, there's like, there's like a deep bruise or something. And all Claude said was there was some sort of swelling. And put him on the IR. My mind was some, some sort of swelling. You wait till the day after. You apply ice. You do what you can. You wait till the day after. The, the swelling comes down. Uh, you take some x-rays if there's still a little bit of pain there. To see if maybe there's a little bit of fracture or something. And you kind of realize what's going on. But when you tell me two, three days later that the swelling hasn't gone down yet, it's like, ooh, that's not a good sign. I mean, I'm, I'm about as far, as far away from being a medical doctor or as you could possibly think of. But I even know that can't be a good thing, you know? So, Shea Weber, four years later, he hasn't had a full season in Montreal. I think he played 73 games the first year. Since then, he's never had a full season, and he missed pretty much an entire season. So that's not a good sign. <coughs> so uh, back to Jeffrey Molson. I think he, uh, Mr. Jeffrey has to stop playing games because he's becoming kind of a little bit of a clown. You know, when, um, when the show is horrible, you know, when the entertainment, uh, the carnival, is not that exciting. You know, the carnival barker can't stand in front of the freaking... Uh, you know, at the gates and tell people how great it is. Especially the people that are walking out because they've been there. They know it's not great. They, they see it. So, you know, as long as the carnival keeps moving from city to city, no problem. You could start sell, you could always sell that, you know, the greatest show in the history of mankind thing. But when the show is in the same freaking city and it doesn't move and people see the show, yeah, you can't sell them that it's wonderful, you know, and you can't pretend that you're playing this role of a guy that care so much about his team. Like, what are you talking about, son? It's the third year in a row you played under the cap. The, the most storied franchise in the history of hockey. The third biggest market in the NHL. Three years in a row under the cap. Three years in a row they're going to miss the playoffs. 26 years. I'm not gonna, I can't put the 26 years on Jeff Molson. He hasn't been here for 26 years. But he's been here for like 11 up to 26. So he's kind of getting there. It's not getting better. And uh, I don't want to over-focus this, uh, this podcast on Jeffrey Molson, but he's a huge chunk of the problem, isn't he? You know, we were all kind of excited when he came on board. He was young. You know, the team was going nowhere. He kind of realized and verbalized that yeah, yeah, we know this team is not going anywhere. We're going to make things, we're going to make it happen. And a couple of years of Bob Ganey and Pierre Gauthier and you man in town, Mark Bergevin. Here we are. Next year is going to be year nine. Year nine. And they're going backwards. He started off well. And then, uh, it's like, you know, if you're riding a bike with a flat tire, yeah, if you stop pedaling, yeah, all the air is going to come out. So it's going to be a flat. 
But if you keep pedaling, you, you, you can make it home. Yeah, the Canadian's uh, the tires falling off. Yeah. Down to the rim. So, what are they going to do for next year? This is the, the, the big question everybody's asking. What's the plan for next year? Are they going to trade the Tatar? Are they going to trade Petrie? Are, um, are they going to go full rebuild? That's freaking hilarious when everybody says that. Are they going to go free? Have you been paying attention to Jeffrey Molson? Do you, actually, do you actually think this guy has the balls to go full rebuild? To literally stand back while the team is getting 60, 50 points a year? So we get a couple more, uh, more higher picks? Do you actually believe that? There's no chance that's happening. Patrick Wall, uh, Patrick Wall, excuse me. Carey Price is going to be here as long as he wants to be here. His contract is for another one, six years or whatever it is. He's going to play it out unless things get so bad for him he just doesn't want to handle it anymore. He's never getting traded from Montreal. Shea Weber, forget about it. He's never getting traded because Mark Bergerman is there. That's that's the biggest trade he made in his tenure of Montreal Canadiens. It's 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 a move that kind of altered things a little bit. It was like a little seismic shift within the the foundation of the Montreal Canadiens fan base. It kind of created a divide, a huge divide there that still hasn't been healed. It still hasn't, you know, the, whatever they're called, they haven't come back together again. Still divided. And uh, Shea Weber's gonna be there, so they're not rebuilding. And I'll tell you exactly what they're going to do. I mean, I might be off by one player. They might make a trade just to, you know, kind of fit the vision that they have for next year into the into the salary cap. So they might they might trade Domi. It might happen this year if the team falls out. You know, the trade deadline. It might happen the trade deadline. I doubt it. I've seen more of a of a draft kind of trade but he's an RFA he's got good value 72 points last year serious setback this year but he's still got the magic you can still put together an incredible highlight reel of all his plays you know so he's still got value but I think because the Canadians are not are not willing to, to do the full rebuild they're going to do the all in for next year and, and I don't blame them at all because they don't have a team to do anything. They don't have the owner who has the balls to do the full rebuild. And they don't have a GM that's gonna, that has the ability to kind of create a balanced core. Now he's, he's got pieces here and there. The, the, the top three lines on paper, they look kind of good. But there's a lot of guys there who are horrible defensively. A lot of guys who are like, oh, Tatar and... Uh, and uh, and Domi and Armia and uh, this guy and that guy, you know, all those guys, with the exception of Lekanen and um, maybe and Dano, most of those forwards are really bad in the neutral zone and really bad in their own zone. So on paper, it looks like, hey, you know, it's not bad. Joel's coming back. That's another thing that maybe I should mention in, the, in this little podcast. Uh, Today's date, because I'm doing this really, really late, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. Today is the 8th, but it happened yesterday on the 7th. Um, Claude Julien, he made a kind of comment to one of the media guys. I'm, I'm guessing the media guy asked him about Julien, and Julien has been, has been 
quote-unquote healthy to return so so julian kind of said something like you know or you know as a, as a coach there's, there's not much you could do you know the player has to be ready when he's ready and he's kind of insinuating that you know like hey jonathan yeah hello we're all waiting for you yeah it's nice to have you on the bench there and smiling with everybody giving high fives after the we win in overtime but uh we could use you on the ice so there was that kind of thing, thing thrown out. So I'm pretty sure that he's going to be playing tonight against Toronto, which is an important game. It's, it's not a vital import. I mean, every game to Montreal right now is important that they have to win them. But in terms of realistically, what does it mean? It's pretty important between the Toronto and Montreal rivalry. That's kind of important, and hopefully that grows a little bit. Toronto has been floundering this year. Uh, they just lost their, their starting goaltender, who wasn't playing that well anyways. So they're kind of limping into Montreal. I think right now they're, they've crawled back into a playoff spot, but they kind of game in, game out. They're, they're in, they're out, they're in, they're out. So they're kind of playing 500 hockey, which is nowhere near good enough to make playoffs this year. And uh, they're coming to Montreal on Saturday, which was the opening of this, this podcast with a Francois Gagnon tweet about the, the Leafs fans. And that is exactly what I mentioned uh, last podcast, you know. When it came when it came to the Montreal Canadiens, that if if you have such a bad record at home and the fans they're kind of tailing away from the playoff spot and the fans kind of feel that and their the energy is kind of waning, you know, what's going to happen is people are not going to show up. They're going to put their tickets up for sale, and the other team that's showing up, their fans are going to pick up their tickets. So that's what I think Francois was kind of insinuating that there's a danger there, you know, and. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how many Leafs fans actually show up. And Molson knows it. I mean, he realizes that he, when he looks down, he goes, there's a lot of red seats there. And ooh, those red seats now. There used to be uh, Canadians jerseys in those red seats. Now I don't see Canadians jerseys in those red seats. So he sees it. He's not stupid. He's unwise. And I think he doesn't know how to get out of a hole. And he's creating a deeper hole for himself, which is kind of even more unwise. But it is what it is. We can't drive ourselves crazy over it. Eventually, they're going to find the error of their ways. They're going to realize that they've been banging their head against the wall for a few years, just just letting time pass, saving face, and creating PR distractions for everybody to follow and pick sides on. You know, it's kind of ridiculous. But um, so the Leafs on Saturday is going to be interesting. Joy back in the lineup is going to be interesting. So. The Habs, uh, you know, they're going to make their march. There's 26 games left. Rough estimation, they got to win about 18, 19, 20 of them. Because it's going to be a high number this year. That's the eighth spot in the playoffs. Probably high 90s. 97, 98, 99, maybe 100. It's happened before. And uh, a lot of teams are playing each other which makes it even harder. A lot of teams have games in hand, which makes it even harder. So the, the mathematics are not there, and the team is not really that good. I mean, I'll be honest with you. If, if Shea Weber was healthy, I mean, pretty healthy. Like, if he had missed, like, three, four weeks, and he was just coming back, so he had a little bit of uh, the old man juice had, uh, you know, kind of uh, boiled over a little bit. It was still kind of steaming. I'd say... You know, yeah, if there was somebody else there on defense, you know, the Scandella pickup, I mean, Scandella, you know, 
awesome that the kid's there in his hometown playing hockey. But, you know, he's a bottom pairing guy. At best, he's a bottom pairing guy. If the Habs had anybody better in, uh, in Laval, I'm pretty sure they'd, he'd be playing right now. But Claude likes the veteran presence, likes to have those extra guys around. You know, I don't, I don't know why, but because eventually you have to get let the young kids play to get that, uh, you know, that experience, so they can become the veterans that coach, the Claude can coach. God, it's gotta end with Claude. I can't we 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 can't pretend to have this kind of youth the development thing happening with Claude Julien as your coach. It's impossible. You know, there's gonna be at least four or five spots on the roster that are veteran guys that you can literally fill with young guys. So there's always going to be that uh, that push and pull between the general manager picking guys, drafting guys, uh, trying to get them you know NHL ready, and the coach who's kind of telling uh, the GM, hey, you want to win games? If you want to win games, I have to play these guys. They're better than the other guys. And then what's the GM going to say? Yeah, you're, you're right there. You know, I brought those guys here too, so I guess they're okay. So we have a lot of that nonsense happening in Montreal. Hopefully we overcome that soon. Um, so I think that's pretty much uh, the end of this podcast I'm going to play you guys out with uh, my teacher musically my teacher spiritually my teacher lyrically my teacher and uh, creatively definitely my teacher Mr. Bob Dylan a song called Idiot wind. Take care, everybody. See you guys next week. Have a good one.
Separated. 